No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the dedication of the Jerusalem Wall is a time of worship, singing, and rejoicing. This glorifies God, enlightens the world, and frustrates the enemy. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Nehemiah chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. One of my earliest memories is of my mother playing the piano and singing with two other ladies. They would go to prisons singing worship songs in three-part harmony. There's something captivating about such worship. People can argue with a preacher on a street corner, but it's hard to argue with someone playing their guitar and singing Amazing Grace. In Nehemiah 12, we have the interesting account of two praise bands consisting of Levites and priests who sung loudly from on top of the wall in Jerusalem. In the first 11 verses of Nehemiah 12, we are given a list of the priests and Levites who originally came up with Zerubbabel the governor and Jeshua the high priest about 90 years earlier. Verse 10 lists five generations of priests from Jeshua to Jadua. Then Eliashib was the high priest in Nehemiah's day. In verses 12 through 21, we have the names of 20 priests who served in the days of Joachim, the son of Jeshua. In verses 22 through 26, we have a record of the Levites and priests who lived during the reign of Darius the Persian, who ruled from 423 to 404 BC. They remembered these faithful saints of the past because the Jews now stood on their shoulders. The emphasis in this chapter is a celebration of thanksgiving and joyful worship. In verse 8, the Levites were mentioned who led thanksgiving psalms. In verse 24, other Levites are named whose task it was to praise and give thanks. Singing is mentioned eight times in this chapter, thanksgiving six times, rejoicing seven times, and musical instruments three times. You can see the emphasis. Now, much of this worship occurred because David gave commands to the Levites to praise, sing, and give thanks. We pick it up in verse 27. Now, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and singing, with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the countryside around Jerusalem. Then the priests and Levites purified themselves and purified the people, the gates, and the wall. With the wall being completed and God now protecting them from their enemies, they wanted to dedicate the wall to the Lord. I have been to two church dedication services in my lifetime, and both were exciting events. We hope to soon participate in a third one as we build our church. First, they sought out the Levites in all their places where they were living. They wanted every worshiper on the wall. This was to be a grand and glorious event, 
and everybody was to be involved. Second, the purpose was for them to sing joyful songs, to praise the Lord with gladness. They were to celebrate with thanksgiving, singing, cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and they needed a very large choir. This would be an epic concert. But before there could be celebration, there first had to be purification. Holiness leads to happiness. The source of joy and a thanksgiving spirit is to know that our sins have been forgiven. David describes this blessedness in Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. We think of the sinful woman who came unannounced and uninvited while Jesus was eating dinner at the home of Simon the Pharisee. She wept and stood behind Jesus as he reclined at the table. She began washing his feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair. Then she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Jesus pointed out to Simon that she was doing the things for him that he had neglected. And then he said, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. You see, she loved Jesus so much because she had believed in him and received the good news of forgiveness. The point is that joy, thanksgiving, and love come because we know that our sins are forgiven. We aren't told what the Levites did to purify themselves and the people, but we can guess that it had something to do with confessing their sins and sacrificing sin offerings. So how do we purify ourselves? We no longer sacrifice a sin offering. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away our sins because of his shed blood. So then what must we do? 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Notice that the Lord does the heavy lifting of forgiving and purifying us. Our part is simply to confess our sins, which means to say the same thing that God says about them with a willingness to turn away from them. We then believe in the power of Christ's blood to wash them away. The result is holiness that leads to happiness. Verse 31. So I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall and appointed two large thanksgiving choirs. One went to the right hand on the wall toward the refuse gate. Now, I would highly recommend that you search online for a drawing of the Jerusalem wall in Nehemiah's day. That'll help you understand how they marched on top of the wall. They had trumpets and the musical instruments that were specified by David. And Ezra the scribe went before them by the fountain gate in front of them. They went up the stairs of the city of David on the stairway of the wall beyond the house of David as far as the water gate eastward. So Nehemiah split up all the Levites into two groups. Each was a large Thanksgiving choir that would walk on top of the wall singing songs of praise and thanksgiving. Ezra led the first group. The other Thanksgiving choir went the opposite way and I was behind them with half the people on the wall going past the Tower of the Ovens 
as far as the broad wall and above the gate of Ephraim, above the old gate, above the fish gate, the tower Hananel, the tower of the hundred, as far as the sheep gate, and they stopped by the gate of the prison. Nehemiah led the second group. The processions probably started from the valley gate on the west wall, marching in opposite directions. Ezra's company went south to the dung gate, then to the fountain gate and the water gate on the east wall of the city. Nehemiah's company went north, past the tower of the ovens, the gate of Ephraim, the fish gate, the sheep gate, and the gate of the prison or the mustard gate. Both groups met at the temple area where the service climaxed with sacrifices offered to the Lord. Now, why did they do this and not just meet in the temple area to begin with? First, since the walls and gates were being dedicated, it was appropriate that they should see and touch them. This made their dedication all the more tangible. Second, they were testifying to the watching world that God had done the work, and he alone was to be glorified. The enemy had said that the walls would be so weak that a fox could knock them down, but here two groups of people were marching on top of them. Third, this was a symbolic act by which they stepped out in faith to claim God's blessing. In that day, to walk on a piece of property was to claim it as your own. God told Abraham, Arise, walk through the land, for I will give it to you. And he said to Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. For about the past 10 years, on the first Sunday of May, which is the anniversary of our church, we have walked around our church property where we will soon be building. We pray over it and lay claim to it by faith for the glory of God. We believe God has mighty plans for that property, but they come by effective, fervent, and united prayer. So the two Thanksgiving choirs stood in the house of God, likewise I and the half of the rulers with me, and the priests with trumpets. The singers sang loudly with Jezrahiah, the director. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. When they arrived at the temple, the trumpet players played, the singers sang loudly, they offered great sacrifices, and they rejoiced with great joy. Even the women and children joined in the celebration. We don't know what they were singing, but it could have been Psalm 18, written by David. The Lord lives, blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. The result of this loud celebration was that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. Like thunderous cheers at a football stadium, their joyful shouts and loud singing were heard for miles. These were a happy people who had experienced a great victory, and they wanted to give glory to God. They weren't afraid to tell the world they held nothing back. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, 
but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It is interesting that as we are filled with the Spirit, we will speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. As we pray for revival, we should also pray for such an outpouring of the Spirit upon the church that results in this kind of joyful worship that will not only edify the church, but also enlighten the world. Verse 44, And at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouse for the offerings, the first fruits, and the tithes to gather into them from the fields of the cities the portions specified by the law for the priests and Levites. For Judah rejoiced over the priests and the Levites who ministered. In chapter 10, the congregation signed a covenant to promise to bring all the tithes of their produce and livestock into the storerooms so that the Levites and priests could be supported. Now they made good on their covenant. Genuine worship of God not only results in praises being heard by others, but also in heartfelt concern for the welfare of others. And so we must do good and share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we'll see that when Nehemiah returns from Persia, he finds Jerusalem in disarray and must clean house and put things in order. We hope you'll join us as we conclude the book of Nehemiah on Simply the Bible.